All right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Uh, I got Dave on the line with me today, and you know we wanted to talk a little bit of gear today. We we've had some forum stuff come out um, that we, we we you know Dave shot me a text said next podcast let's talk a, a little bit about some gear and uh, kind of keep the mobile public land you know bow hunter in mind. Um, but Dave, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, we missed your rant last last episode, and I definitely think uh, that that was a popular item for the people out there. So, so one, how are you doing today? And two, we're we're going to talk. Uh, we got to get your rant in first thing. <laughs> uh, all right. So, let me start off. Just go right after with a rant today. Yeah. Well, have you been? Have you retired from turkeys officially? Can we say that? No, but we had some cold weather here in Ohio, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling it too much this weekend. Um, I'll get back after when it warms up a bit. I'm not, you know, I don't think any of us are real diehard turkey hunters here, so no, I wouldn't say that I'm going to go out and weather the elements to try to shoot a 20-pound bird. It's just not really – yeah, and obviously, <laughs> and we've seen with the COVID stuff, just more people in the woods, either more yeah. people have time or, or between the morels and the turkeys, like people are just after it. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it is pretty crowded out there. I mean, you went to a couple spots and saw numerous cars. On like an evening, like I was just kind of scouting um, and I hung some cams um, and I was shocked at the number of people. I said it was more than the rut pressure, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've only turkey hunted for the last couple of years, but we've we've not seen this pressure even remotely. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Dave, let's get to it, the rant of the day. <laughs> all right. My rant of the day will be short and sweet, like they always will be for the most part. My rant of the day is, if you are deciding to get out there and get into filming, then good for you. But... First and foremost, you do not need two to $4,000 worth of camera equipment. There are way too many people out there that are hunting and lugging in and using $3,000 worth of camera equipment. They got to have the 4K camera. They got to have the 4K footage. Then they got to upload that to their computer that they got to have external hard drives for. And they got to hold terabytes of data and all kinds of shit. And they got to deal with all that so they can try to maybe piece together some you know, junk video for the most part where they probably don't even kill because they're too busy lugging in all this camera equipment and they're too busy dealing with these massive arms because they want something stable for their heavy setup and blah, blah, blah. And they got like 150 subscribers on YouTube and they're not, you know, getting paid by any companies to do this. They're just lugging in entirely huge setups for no reason. They talk and talk and talk and tell you, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that on all the social media outlets. They got 3,000 plus wrapped up in camera equipment and are making zero money off it. No YouTube subscribers, nothing. I just wanted my rant of the day just to be for anybody out there wanting to get into self-filming. Do not listen to these guys. Go out there, hunt. If you want to film your hunt for your own memories or for whatever it may be, or if you just like it as a hobby, then great. Do that, but you don't need $4,000 in camera equipment and you don't need to listen to all these Joe Smoes out there who are lugging around $4,000 of camera equipment and aren't producing anything of any quality of a product as an outcome. Get out there, get your handy cam, film you some deer, make some memories, but don't go crazy with the camera equipment when you're first getting into it. Boom. Rant over. Boom. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, we, we see that definitely a lot. 
Um, all right, we got to keep those short and sweet and let them rip. Um, all right, let's get to the topic of the day. And uh, let's, uh, you know, we saw a guy asking about thermals or thermals, uh, base layers, you know, what are we using? What are, what do you guys recommend for, for, you know, various temps? And uh, we've also had some, some stuff come up about some packs. So I know those are two items that we wanted to hit here on kind of a, a more gear version podcast. So Dave, what is your, uh, what is your take on, on base layers? What do you run? Hit me with some knowledge on that, that aspect. Um, I guess um, as far as knowledge goes, I don't have any, you know, statistics, any numbers, et cetera, like that. But as far as my experience, you know, I've, you know, hunted for a long time. I've went from, you know, no money college student to, um, you know, pretty settled down uh, and whatnot and, you know, have the funds for hunting nowadays. But still, there's certain items that I think you should spend money on, certain items I don't think you should at all. Um, I think um, I think the good merino tops have kind of been good for us. Um, you know, that good, like, moisture wicking, like, next to skin um, merino top, I think that's something that has, is pretty worth it to buy. Um, like that can be what the camo fire special, yeah, um, that's, whether that's like black Ovis or icebreaker or something. Yeah. I mean, those are always good. I think a good Merino top. Other than that, um, I don't really think the bottoms are worth it. Um, I've used this, the, the cheapo white long John, awfully long John cotton yeah. stuff. I've used those forever. I mean, I just don't, I don't think the money's worth it for the bottoms. I mean, maybe find something you like. I got these ones. They're a, uh, the brand is, uh, they're like the Rocky brand mm-hmm. and they're a little bit heavier. Um, so I just wear those as far as like a weight aspect goes. And I also have like another pair that's like the real tree Walmart special. That's just basically hundred percent polyester, like real thin. And I got those two and then I have just the white waffle ones. And I mean, and that's it. I mean, and they do the trick just fine. Like I don't, the bottoms aren't really a concern for me because, you know, I don't know, like the last time my kneecaps have ever gotten cold in the woods. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. A thing, you, know? you know, backing up just a little bit, I started with the uh, like Under Armour stuff I had from uh, sports. Yeah. Um, I think I had a, co- I had a, an Under Armour white, white top, you know, and I used that for a while. And I will say when I jumped to um, maybe like a looser fit, I, I thought it did better for hunting, and yeah, uh, I, the compression's terrible. I think for yeah, um, but obviously at the time, you know, I was like, oh, I want this. This keeps me warm, and it's it's not a lot of weight or bulk, and and it works for athletics. It'll work for hunting, and I kind of got got tricked. Um, and then I have bought the uh, that black Ovis piece from Camo Fire. It's like forty bucks. I think it's a hundred and fifty weight or whatever, and. Um, it's, I've had it for four, then we'll say two to three years. Um, and it's held up. I, I do think it's, uh, I have a Badlands, uh, wool blend. Um, and you can tell the Badlands is probably a touch better. Uh, but I was pretty tickled that that black Ovis for the price has, has held up, you know, that long. And it's like a charcoal gray, so I can kind of wear it if I'm just wanting to wear it, uh, you know, out in the timber or whatever it, uh, you know, I think it's a decent buy. And I know on there they have a couple um, – they have, like, a couple weights now. It used to be they just had that 150. Now they've got the 200, the 250 with, like, a hood 
And uh, I know you've bought that little Merino beanie that they've got that, that you love. Um, I think it's, it's pretty thin, but you know, if you run warm and you just want a little something over your ears, you like it. Me, I cut it and use it as a net gator actually. (laughs) Yeah. I do like the little, uh, little Merino beanie thing there. Um, Yeah. Like you said, um, you kind of touched on it just real, real brief um, how your, your base layer is gray. You know, I think a lot of people think base layers, oh, it doesn't need to be, you know, camo. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't. But I think having something that's um, at least earth tone is kind of nice because, I mean, I walk in the woods in my base layer top a lot, you know, yeah. and a lot of times I walk out the woods, you know, and I could be walking in for an afternoon hunt. You know, we've gotten surprised by deer walking in for an afternoon hunt together before, you know, yeah. and just being in like an earth tone uh, or a camo top, you know, because you got your jacket strapped to your stand or something like that. It's nice to have your base layers at least an earth tone or, or camo, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, what, what do you do? Do you got any base layer bottoms that you are a big fan of or use at all? I've or? got like a Costco brand. Um, I've got two or three cheap ones. Uh, I like the, I've got like a baggier one that I prefer. Um, but, you know, I've also picked up a few of the Costco, like I think it's called Heat 32. I think they're literally like, four to six dollars a shirt and they come in a two-pack for like 12 bucks <laughs> and uh i'll use those just like squirrel hunting or like maybe a scouting mission where i don't need the best of the best and i can't you know i can't find my better tops um they're okay uh for the price they're phenomenal for for like a you know quick outing and and you know i i do think having a couple different um base layers is nice if if you get dirty like you know we we're not necessarily always hunting you know we could be scouting running cams uh you know something like that where you do want just a a additional layer but you don't need your best to your best you save those for like the rut you know yeah i've worn my uh my merino tops like just for out working you know just as a initial layer oh yeah i'll wear them working in the yard and stuff yeah yeah i definitely um yeah so i mean i don't think the i don't think the bottoms are worth it I mean, so if you go in for a hunt on a typical, um, we'll say it's going to be uh, a high of like, you know, 35. So you're out there walking, or a high of like 40, you know, you're out there, when you're walking in the woods, it's it's 25 degrees or so in the morning in the dark. I mean, are you wearing, um, are you wearing your pants? Yeah, like I, um, so yeah, you, you said 35 to 40. I'll probably walk in with like a a base layer bottom and a lighter, lighter pant. I'll, I'll do bibs more in that shift of the lower thirties where I'll, I'll walk in with just light pants. Sometimes I will not wear a base layer because a base layer, light pair of pants, bibs, it's a lot. And uh, my goal too is obviously once I'm in those, those uh, 30 degree marks, um, I'm trying not to sweat while I'm hanging stands and walking in. Do you ever wear, do you ever pack in your pants and just wear your base layer bottoms? No, because I'm always afraid of running into some green briar or, or thickets and it would just tear. It would just eat them alive, you know? Yeah. Now I think if, uh, yeah, I, I always wear my pants as well. Um, I think occasionally if you do have a long hike, you might be, um, you know, sweating up your bottom half a little bit. Um, oh yeah. But I always wear, basically I'll wear my full Everything below my waist, I'm pretty much wearing like I would hunt, unless it's real cold and I'm bringing uh, bibs. But other than that, um, yeah, I'm wearing everything below the waist I'm wearing. And on the top, I'm usually only wearing 
like one base layer top when I'm walking in. And then all my additional tops are getting strapped to my stand for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way I roll uh, a lot of my hunts as well. And I think the, for the, even for any of the base layers for that matter, are they worth it? You know, I don't know. I, li I like the Merino top just pretty much strictly. The one of the biggest reasons is because it doesn't hold the odor after, you know, you get sweated up like that, you know? Yeah. I think that's why I like the Merino tops. I mean, maybe, maybe that'd be an advantage to get the bottoms too, because I know the Merino doesn't hold the, the bacteria and stuff. I think that's why it doesn't smell. I think I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But uh, so maybe some merino bottoms might be worth it. I don't know. At this point, I don't plan on buying any merino bottoms at all. Um, I have two merino tops. I currently have one's an icebreaker brand, and the other one is the ASAT, actually ASAT brand. So um, I don't own any first light. I've never used any first light. Um, I don't know if it's any better merino than the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, but in my opinion, you know, this might get to our second little uh, gear topic here is I don't think any of these matter as much as people put the priority on them as much because realistically your feet are going to go first as far as getting cold goes before anything. Yeah, that's a fact. So, I mean, that's where you need to, I think, try to figure out ways to keep your feet warm because your feet will always go first. Well, your feet and your core, don't they say the core helps, you know, as far as keeping extremities but yeah I, if i'm sitting there in the stand fingers and and toes kind of yeah. got a function yeah but finger you know you can put your hand in, in a pocket or a mitt you know with some with some uh with some hand warmers you know your feet you're kind of you're kind of screwed now we both um so i think as far as let's let's go as well, since we're, we're since we're talking this about gear i got ahead of myself a little bit um Socks, I think, as far as base layers go, I think it's worth it to spend a little bit extra money on some good socks. I've, I even, I still use the cheapos at times. Like what you can get them at, like Walmart, aren't they? Like the browning ones. You can yeah, get everyone's like, got them cheap browning. Blend or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I still use those, but uh, I've definitely picked up um, like a couple pair of smart wool socks. Um, I think I have one that's like an alpaca wool sock. Yeah. Um, I think those help. Um, and I, what I also did was, um, I started wearing a, uh, like a moisture wicking liner sock. Basically that was the only sock I wore into the woods, then took those off at the base of tree and swapped them out for, um, like my smart wool or my thicker sock. And then I, I, I think I actually put them in like a Kroger bag and stuffed them in the bottom of my pack. Yeah, but um, I started doing that, and that helped a lot. And then I now know we both also started doing the uh, trick we got from Jason Samkoviak, as as silly as it looks at times. Yeah, doing half a, so you say you cut a sock in half, basically, uh, or you 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 go ahead and explain it. Yeah, yeah. So what Dave's referring to is a trick we picked up from Jason, and uh, so you cut a sock roughly at like the arch of your foot. Um, and really there's two areas that you can use the, this, this forward. So you cut the sock, an old sock right at the arch of the foot. And, and essentially you use that as a mitten to go over your boots. Once you're up in your tree stand, um, everyone's seen the Arctic shield boot covers. And, and, you know, we have a review on YouTube about those and about using those, but then also we tie into using this method we're describing now. So you take that 
that mitten for your boot and you put it over your, your boot and you can either stuff a hand warmer, toe warmer, uh, if you want a little extra boost. But basically what that does is it creates a buffer between your metal tree stand and your boots. And we kind of thought maybe this is a placebo effect. Like our, our feet are definitely staying warmer longer and it looks ridiculous. Uh, if you watch our videos on, on YouTube, you can see them in the hunt videos. You're, you, you know, there's a, a tree stand pan and here's a dude with like socks over his, his boots and it looks ridiculous. But even our buddy Ben, who hunts from a climber, uh, a summit climber, I believe. Yeah. He tried it and said the same thing. And so enough guys, we said, tried this in our core circle. Um, I believe it might have even been like Greg Tubbs or some of these other running gun guys that we talked to on a regular basis tried it as well. And we're like, dude, you're right. Um, <laughs> as far as it keeps those toes separated from the stand, it keeps them warmer. And I have also found that by using like what I call the calf of the sock where there's a little more elastic, um, I've cut that and, and used that to go over the boots. Cause really your biggest thing is you're adding a little insulation to your boot, but you're separating it from that cold metal tree stand. Yeah, I think all I did was cut up. I cut one sock in half. So oh yeah, one foot is like the like the upper like the elasticy part. Yeah, and the other in the other foot is like the the mitten part. But it worked, you know. And I just I, I did what you I said. I uh, I tucked a hand warmer on. I guess I put it on the top of my toes of my yep. over my boot. Man, and I went out there on a really cold day. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna try this method, you know, Byron's talking this up. I'm like, it looks silly as hell, but I'm gonna throw it out there. And it worked. Oh. It worked a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Dave, did you think the elastic, like the, the calf was easier to get on the boot? Do you recommend that to the, to the listeners? Or would you say use the mitten portion that goes over the toes? Um, or if you only got one sock, use one sock. You tell me. Yeah, exactly. I just used the one sock. Um, but yeah, you can, um, I think they worked about the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, the one, the, the, the lower part of the sock might like, I guess might fall off, you know, might not be as tight as the elastic part. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe watch that, but yeah. And the other big benefit, um, and you can go to the, you, you know, like our YouTube has the full breakdown, but the huge benefit to the sock method is those socks when you, when you cut them and, and put them in a bag, they take up like no space um, oh, yeah. versus the Arctic Shield boot covers take up a lot more. Yeah. I think I stuck them in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's the, uh, the, the winning ticket there. Um, Dave, should we move to, to bags? Yeah. Since we, uh, we actually just um, released that video that you did of the review of the QU pack. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and talk some packs. Yeah, yeah. So we've run a variety of packs over the last oh, five to six years. Some we've invested in that second tier bag. Um, sometimes we've gone backwards to the cheap bags. Um, so, so Dave, I know you have run some Alps. Um, what what kind of backpack uh, backpacks have you bought in the last couple of years? So I ran the Alps. I think it was called the Big Bear, if I can recall. I still have it. It's not a bad pack. It actually has, it has a lot of functionality about it that I really love. Um, so, it, so it has like the, it's, it's mainly the, I don't think they call it like a lumbar pack. It's like the big, like fanny pack kind of ish, but for like your lower back areas, kind of where it sits at. And then it's got the full strap system that goes up and over your shoulder, obviously. But then in this pack and the top portion of it, 
it actually has like a um, like the full like large area of the backpack that rolls down into itself and folds down into itself and then you can unravel it and, and, and clip it to the top like up by your shoulders to where you now have a basically full and normal backpack um, it was a nice pack you know I used it for, uh, for for quite a few years there I didn't really have any complaints about it um, except for um, that the pack itself is pretty heavy just empty um, that's probably my only complaint about it I think a couple zippers and stuff broke through the years it's not a crazy expensive pack so you kind of expect some of the zipper pull. I don't think the zippers didn't break exactly themselves. I guess the zipper pulls did little, it was ties, a little lacy know. type. Yeah, but you can just strap a piece of paracord on it with a knot, you know, that'll yeah. do the job. Um, it never did rip or anything. I don't think I have anything rip or tear on it. Um, good straps. Did it come with good straps? Because I remember you using just like the fanny pack if we'd be scouting, but if like late season hunts where you needed a few more items in your bag, I, I would see you convert that thing to more of a traditional backpack. Yeah. It has that like fold up and that kind of rolls down into itself. Yeah. But didn't have any, um, yeah, no external straps. Um, so that would have been nice, a uh, nice to have. I, I really do enjoy the external straps now. Um, that, and then, so going into my pack that I use now, um, I kind of bounce around between a few. But I use the uh, both of the XOP packs, the Striker and the Shadow. The Striker is the larger one, and we both really like that pack um, in a lot of ways. Um, it's a cheaper pack. Um, it has external straps on it, which is great for strapping on your gear. You can strap on your saddle platform. You can strap on your sticks, um, your bow, I guess, if you wanted to. Um, the external straps are huge, I think. I think and when, when packs don't have like an external strap system, you know, external buckles, I guess, you know, what, I, I, at this point in time, I don't see how packs still come without those. Okay. Yeah. Now, and it should be noted that the, uh, the XOP bags are actually old game, game plan gear. Um, XOP okay. acquired that company back oh, a couple of years back. And uh, so, so people are semi-familiar with the, uh, the game plan gear. Cause it was one of the first that that striker bag was a, the, one of the cool features that kind of like, I don't know, made a pretty good splash at the time is you could put rattling antlers uh, formatted around the backside of that pack. Um, and I remember seeing that at a show when it was game plan gear and thought, oh, that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, that striker bag for the, oh, it's got a couple nice little like pockets, organization. Um, well, and they're external. That's that's the best part about them is they have a lot of pockets on the outside of the pack, like yeah. a lot of like multiple pockets. Like a lot of these packs will have like a ton of organizational pockets, et cetera, but they're all like on the inside. And then it's like, then you got to open it up and, and get to it, you know, and for when you're in the tree stand and you got that pack hung right there next to the tree to have different pouches on the outside of the pack where you can just zip in, zip out and, and reach them. You know, that's huge. I mean, yeah, it's got... The pocket system on that striker pack is is really is really awesome, actually. Yeah. Now I do wish it had a, uh, like an internal frame system to give it a little more rigidity when you strap maybe some sticks or something to it. You know. Yeah, the shoulder straps are kind of um, they're not the most conform fitting to at least to my build. And me I too. I, I experienced similar. Yeah, that does just it's kind of I think it's just some maybe they need to make them like somewhat adjustable. I don't know the. The shoulder straps, they kind of hit my shoulder kind of weird and stuff. Um, 
but it's got a nice um, sternum buckle, which is which is huge on a backpack. Um, um, and it doesn't doesn't have a waist buckle, but it doesn't really need it because it's not really intended to carry a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had them loaded down though at times, that's for sure. Oh, when you've taken like Peyton turkey hunting and you got to bring twenty five things. The other thing I will say that bag does well is like your main compartment when you open that thing up to like. Oh, jam everything in the, you know, like a lunch, a water bottle, blah, 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 like everything in that core, like big section, that bag, you get all that square, square inches, like, or cubic inches. Like it, it packs way better than say my Kuyu, um, that is supposed to be roughly a uh, hundred cubic inches bigger. Oh, really? You think you feel like the striker's bigger though? Oh yeah. It, it just seems to pack bigger as far as if I had to jam like a vest, um, a lunch, uh, a few extra odd and end items into that core middle. Yeah. The, the striker bag, I can get way more crap into. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. And it has a couple of, uh, it has some other like smaller features that are, um, you know, neither here nor there, you know, it's like the sternum strap, you can, you can adjust it slightly up and down by a few inches. Um, it's got that one side pouch that has like a plastic liner in it. That's like made to like keep scent. From escaping if you want to put like your pb and j in there yeah um i don't know if that works or not i mean i use it for that i mean that's where i stick my pb and j just because <laughs> i mean they made it why not use it you know but whether it works or not i don't know and then the inside has a lot of different pouches and straps too um you know little pouches and pockets on the inside if you want to use them yeah and a lot of moly attachments for like uh gear yeah, ties or little clips uh, yeah you could so you could clip on anything you ever needed um we've clipped on stuff to that multiple times yeah, camera bags and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, good. it's a good pack. You know, it's, um, you know, it's for, for me, the only downfall it has is like the, like I said, the fit of it. Fit just, and maybe I an know. internal frame. It'd be two, yeah. two quick adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. And they could go from a, um, but, but how much is it brand new? Oh, like, that's the true. The price on that thing. I think you can pick it up at show price somewhere around $70. Yeah. I mean, that's a steal for that, for what you get out of that pack. Yeah, dude. To be honest, the um, the the padded bow case, the soft bow case that XOP has, is probably the most underrated. Like it's 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 a sleeper. But I don't want to dive into that today. Let's uh, let me talk a little bit about the uh, oh the the Kuyu, and then I had the Ever. Let me let me back up. Let me do the Everly Stock X too, because I had that for a season, um, and I took it to Montana. So I, so I did run that bag a good amount and kind of can bounce between it and the Kuyu. And then uh, I can touch on that new little bag that I bought. And, and well, we'll bounce to the um, the Shadow as well because that's a small little bag that maybe some of the mobile guys might might look at because of what it does. But so looking at the Everly Stock X2, I bought this, oh, three years ago when I was going to go to Montana. I wanted a better day bag. I also had messaged uh, Curtis Zabel about what bag he uses because I saw he could strap his tree stand to it Um, because that was my intention. I wanted a bag to do both. And it does have some pretty cool, oh, external like wrap-up type clip system um, on it. Uh, it, So that was good. But at the end of the day, it was also keeping that tree stand further from my body. So it, it almost like carried my stand and sticks what I felt like heavier than if I kind of flipped everything around. Um, so I, I did run that bag for a season. It didn't have the most uh, little pockets for rangefinders, binos, 
snacks, like the little, little tight pockets. Cause I think at the core that, that, that thing was built for, uh, the out West guy. And, and, and I think too, that bag with the internal frame it had, um, you could pack out maybe like a whitetail quarter, um, if you wanted to, or, or somewhere around, it, it probably can handle 50 to 70 pounds. Okay. For a short distance. I don't think I'd want it, that bag to pack out like an elk, um, two to four miles or anything like that. Um, moving on from that bag. Oh, I felt like that bag empty was still heavy. And I felt like the straps that it came with were not near as good as the Kuyu straps. Um, the Kuyu straps that come with that, uh, 1850, they're, they're just, they're rigid, but spongy, kind of like a moly, uh, oh, the moly straps you can buy for your tree stands from like eBay and Amazon. Like they were quality. Um, Kuyu obviously did it right. Um, the, the 1850 bag, um, as a, a, obviously we just did the video. It's been good. It's been a good do all bag for me. It's super comfortable, uh, to carry around. Um, obviously Kuyu's top notch uh, as far as material used that bag, uh, empty is stupid light. I think it, it's like 1.8 pounds. Um, so yeah, I have a, I have a lot of good things to say. I think it does a lot of good, like, I think it does a lot of things really good. I don't necessarily think it excels in a tree stand. Um, but it's also money well spent in case I want to go West, I can flip that bag out and buy a, a big bag and throw it on the frame and, and stuff. And I think that bag on the used market is readily available because, you know, a guy books an out West trip one time, he goes West and then he sells that bag used the, the next year. So the Kuyu pack, you're saying you really like it, but you know, not hitting all the, not checking all the boxes for a whitetail pack. Right, right. Like if I had a tweak to make to the Kuyu bag, it'd be take the pockets from the, um, oh, the XOP bag. And literally if you took those and put those on the outside of the Kuyu, like sold. Yeah. Um, the Kuyu's got really good external straps that, that are like, they hold gear well. I can, I can use that Kuyu bag and separate from the frame and pack out with it. Um, it's interchangeable with the other Kuyu bags. It's still money well spent. It's got a bladder system if I want to run a camelback. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still money well spent. Um, but as a whitetail pack in the tree, actually, if you look at what I was running in the rut, I was running that XOP bag. Yeah, I think the weight of the QU goes a little underrated because that pack is stupid light just by itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Saving, you know, people talk about shaving pounds on all these different hunting gear, you know, just right there. I think it's kind of like a hidden, a little hidden weight that people don't think of. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And actually, like I plan, I think as of right now, um, if I'm going to go for like maybe a saddle hunt scout next year, I'm leaning towards having that QU just for that purpose. And I hate switching bags because you, you, you lose stuff, you forget stuff, but that Kuyu can really carry that little ambush platform super nice um, with like four mini sticks or three mini sticks with eighters. Like I'm kind of leaning towards that being my scouting uh, setup next fall. And then um, kind of maybe the, the bag I'm currently like, I literally just ran trail cams with yesterday might be my, 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 tree stand bag just because of uh, some of the stuff I see with it. I'll get to that here in a minute, but Dave talk a little bit about the uh, shadow bag from XOP. Some of those cool little features. It's a, it's a nice small bag for the mobile guy. It's got some, you know, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a minimal um, bag guy, you know, minimal 
minimalist hunter, you know, at heart, if I, if I can be. Once we've started filming, that's kind of changed. I mean, there were, there were times where I would hunt, um, you know, pre-filming, you know, without a pack. I mean, pretty consistently, you know, just not even carry a pack, just stuff it in my pockets. Yeah, I um, ran a um, fanny pack for a while. Yeah. yeah, and then so I think these little packs, um, especially if you are like the camcorder guy, like that's all you're filming with. I mean, that's fine or not filming at all. I think, I think these smaller packs like the shadow and then you've had good luck with a, a newer uh, small pack that you picked up on Amazon. But I think those are the way to go. Um, the shadow pack, as far as my impressions of it go, it's a nice pack. It's small. It actually has a little, um, it has that area that you can like unzip and kind of, it almost extends out a little bit to give you a little bit more space in the inside. It has um, a, a few nice pockets. It has that nice uh, top, pocket they say like if you're hanging your bag you can reach down in there and grab stuff uh very easily out of that top pocket it's um, felt line too which is nice yeah yeah and it, yep and it has the um um the big pocket on the front of it just on the face there um like the, the smaller pocket that you can put a couple things and it has a couple little organizational you know little pockets inside that as well um but i ran that bag quite a bit um same thing with the other XOP pack. It kind of fits me kind of weird on my shoulders. Um, not a huge fan of the fit of it. Um, but I'm not carrying, you know, I guess if, if you were packing out like animals, like the, the fit on your shoulders would be very important. But we're talking about putting 10 to 20 pounds in a pack at max. That's, it's not, you know, that it's just not an, it's just not a necessity to have a perfect fit on your shoulders. So, you know, don't, don't, take that as I would never buy the pack again type of thing because it doesn't fit well. I 100% would, and I will still continue to use both these packs. Talk about the, um, talk yeah. about the buckles and how it can be threaded through a stand. So, um, well, that one, I don't think it doesn't have external buckles. The shadow pack doesn't have the external buckles. No, no, but how you can take the shoulder straps and like if you were if you oh, yeah, wanted yeah. this bag say on the exterior of your stand stick style, yeah. the, um, and you you didn't want to say use a bungee or anything like that. This the the stand the the bag will detach the shoulder straps at the bottom and you can thread them through like a, a tree stand, and yeah. I, you know it's also like you know so that way you can clip it together and so it's it's held on your stand stick combo with no no bungee. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, true. I did forget about that. That's how I did run it whenever I use it as well. Yeah, you can just, yeah, you just unhook, um, yeah, like you said, it clips at the bottom of the shoulder straps, and you can just weave it right through and clip it onto um, any tree stand or, you know, saddle platform, whatever you're carrying. But, you know, so I would usually carry it in with a tree stand on my back with my tree stand shoulder straps, which um, we both use the uh, the Molly system or Moly system, whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, you know, those packs that you can pick up online, uh, those, those backpack straps. Um, and then so I use those and then, yeah, and I would weave that shadow pack straps through the stand and then clip it back to itself instead of like, cause normally you always got to have that like kind of awkward part where you, you know, kind of, hang your backpack straps over like the teeth of the V bracket of the bottom of yeah. your stand, you know, now what's nice with the new, with the Lone Wolf custom gear, uh, stands is they have that little, that little, uh, acceptor slot. Yeah. A little slot at the top there that 
it, it works for some packs. It works for the XOP packs, and it works for um, other packs. You usually have a, a smaller handle at the top that can fit right through that slot. And that's nice because that's always that always has been a problem. Like, you know, you end up tearing up your backpack straps at times. Like if the teeth of your stand are real uh, are real sharp because you're kind of hanging the backpack straps over that V. And then it's bouncing as you're walking. And so that's yeah. almost like a, yeah, yeah, that could cut them up. Now, um, oh, there was something I was wanting to dive into. Oh, with the size of that shadow bag, something that, that I kind of sparked me for my recent purchase was just – that bag, when you're scouting, you know, you can throw a water bottle in it and like maybe some snacks or and binos. Like it's, it's a very minimalist. So as you're like going through the timber and you hit some thick stuff and you got to duck under branches, like it just, it doesn't get caught on as many things. It's not as, it, it, it is nice to have that small profile. Would you, would you agree that's a, a nice element to a smaller style backpack? Oh, definitely. It's like, it's smaller than your shoulders. You know, it doesn't catch on anything, but I'll tell you what, I've stuffed some, I've stuffed that thing pretty stuff full before like I've had my my whole camera um bag in there with some water with binos with range finder I mean full-on hunt you know yeah in that shadow pack with the DSLR you know I've done it before um but it definitely gets a little stuffed in there yeah um and I've, I've got I mean I've hunted like that with it many times um but the big biggest thing is it doesn't have um it doesn't have good external straps you know, so like add bibs or a jacket to it kind of thing. Yeah. You got to end up, uh, you know, basically, um, using the bungees, you know, that you, you know, to your stand or strap, you know, whatever you want, um, to your stand, you know, to get, to, to, to carry that stuff in rather than having the external straps for your clothes and whatnot would just be so much better. Yeah. Just, that's where that, that's, that's the key thing on that pack that's missing. Like just that one little thing, like why couldn't it have external straps and it would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, this, this kind of led me to, to my Amazon purchase. I, I purchased a $25 bag um, from Amazon that from the looks of it, I was like, okay, I can see a couple good external pockets that are small for like a rangefinder release. Um, you know, the shoulder straps look decent and basically what I wanted I wanted that October whitetail backpack. And I, the reason I want a, a backpack is because um, when I hang my stand, I come back down and then I go back up and it's nice to be able to throw that thing on around my shoulders and, and go up. Um, I actually looked at a, a Kuyu makes, I think it's, uh, it might be called a stalker, but my buddy Tim uh, Coker was looking at it and uh, oh, he sent me a link to it and I was checking it out and I, I thought obviously it's made by Kuyu, so it's gotta be pretty good. And, um, I, I just flipped through Amazon and, and came, came across a handful of what I called like tactical small backpacks. And so I started looking at it and, um, I went ahead and ordered it and it's $25. Um, let me give the official title, um, initial impression. I've only run this for a day, but I was pretty impressed, but it's called the HDE tactical military backpacks, 20 L moly bug out bag survive gosh there's a lot of words here survival backpack um but i ran it yesterday i put out a bunch of trail cams and so i was using this to carry two cameras into the woods um i, I set up some mock scrapes so i had some some stuff for that and oh i was strapping a mini stick to it as well now uh i've only had this bag out one time uh shoulder straps i would give them a nod over that 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 shadow bag dave 
Yeah. And I would say this bag's got a lot of moly attachments. So if I wanted to add a, a certain, you know, gear tie or, or carabiner, I can do that. Um, I, I really think this is, is going to be a, a win. Uh, I think it was so nice to be able to run around the timber. And I did, I think I looked at my maps. I did like five, six miles yesterday. Um, and I never got like hung up. And I was like, I, I came from running the Kuyu bag all winter scouting to this. And I was like, hmm. This really had me thinking. Now, I will say this. the um, There was a waistband strap that came with it that I don't think that uh, – that's not you – know, <laughs> What weight you putting in that thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have a lot, but I was just, you know, playing with it. Um, there's the, – the external straps on it are almost designed to attach something at the very top of the bag versus, like, the traditional two clasps around the backside. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I could, with a sewing machine – potentially add those or maybe use like some sort of mully attachments and, and get some sort of external strap. But I carried it, you know, one mini stick. And, and that was about, I think the, 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 it like um, that's about the limit of what that bag could do with the current external straps without like manipulating um, too much. So, so I, I think I'm going to look at it um, and I may run like my stand sticks, this backpack, and then just have one cinch strap or bungees for like my bibs and my jacket. Um, but I really liked all the little mini pockets on the outside of the bag for, for kind of that whitetail effect, if you will. Did you run that mini stick, uh, vertical or horizontal? Uh, vertical. I looked at potentially running it horizontal through like, there's some straps under the, the, the bottom of the bag that may work. I actually think if I wanted to run this for trail cameras, I think the ultimate would just take two gear ties and add them to the Mully system and just, have those two gear ties holding that one stick uh, vertical on the back. Yeah. And you could have the gear ties even holding like your saddle platform and stuff, you know, no problem. Yeah, potentially. Or Um, if you got, if you put backpack straps on the saddle platform, because that platform is, if if you're talking the lone wolf custom platform. Yeah. um, You know, then you wear it on your back and you put that little pack, you attach it to that, to the platform. Yeah, so I, I'm going to play with that because, Dave, like, I hate switching bags mid-hunting season, even turkey hunting. Like, I don't want to switch bags because it's like you had, like, hand warmers in your one bag and then you switched to the, the new one and they're not there and you needed them that one day. Or uh, your license your tag. <laughs> I have left the tag in another bag before I hunted and then realized, oh, shit. Yeah. Now, I know they can, like, look it up online, but, yeah, I've, I've done that too because, yeah, you're jumping around and your tag always goes in, like, the most – interior like hidden pocket the best pocket in your bag like the the safest pocket away from any of the elements is where you always put your tag at you know yeah and yeah when you start switching bags that's like the first thing you forget every time yeah well cool dave i think this was a good we're, we're kind of a person at 40-ish minute mark i think this was a good little mini podcast on on some gear items nothing um you know, we'll definitely touch on gear. We are kind of critical on some gear items and, and then a little more loose on others. Um, but I think we kind of keep that mobile uh, hunter perspective, realizing money is key. Where do you spend your money? Kind of, you know, thoughts around it. Yeah, well, I think definitely. And then we'll, we'll start doing these gear podcasts um, more. We'll throw them in every once in a while. And um, we're, we're, we've hunted for years. We've done the running gun stuff like that for years. We've kind of learned how to hunt on our own you know we weren't taught this by our elders and whatnot so we've kind of just learned the things that we need just with our own needs of of hunting and um 
like for, for that purpose, I think, you know, we, we can do some pretty good and honest um, re reviews and opinions on some of this equipment and what you need and what you don't, because realistically, like we're not really huge gear nuts, like at yeah. all. Like, I don't really like to tinker with shit too much. Like, I just want to get stuff that works for me and go with it. And, you know, and I'm not real critical on some things. Like you said, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I am. Sometimes when I get things a piece of shit, you know, if, if it if it messes with me when I'm hunting and I get frustrated, that equipment is now a piece of shit for me and will always be that for me. Yeah, right. Dave doesn't have a lot of, like, six out of ten items. It's either <laughs> three and terrible or it's, like, nine, ten out of tens. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we've but, also yeah. learned some some stuff, just spend the money. Don't try and shortcut it. Spend yeah. the money, buy the good stuff. And then other times we're like, you know, realistically, you're going for a three-hour whitetail hunt. Well, you know, do you really need X, Y, and Z? Oh, yeah. we've. I mean, because we both, you know, we've hunted with zero dollars in our pocket, you know. Like every dime I had that I rummaged out on my couch, I put in my gas tank so I could go hunting in college. Yeah, I mean, the the story of you and Andy sleeping in the parking lot because you didn't have enough gas money to go back home for the night. Yeah, exactly. Just froze, our, froze to death in every piece of clothing we had. And yeah, so yeah, we've done that, you know. Yeah. Hell, I drove to Montana and slept in the parking lot of Walmarts and uh, hotels just for five, six hours because I was too cheap to get a hotel room for six hours of sleep. Yeah, I, def I definitely like, uh, I definitely, I think we relate to a lot of people as far as the gear goes, you know, we're not big gear nuts. Um, you're not going to see us outfitted with top of the line stuff all the time. Um, and there's certain things that we will pay for and certain things we won't. We've kind of learned that throughout the years. Um, just as I'm sure everybody else has too, you know, yeah. I think, um, you know, this topic of gear with us, you know, not really being gear nuts, but, but getting what we need to go out there and hunt. Is, yeah. uh, I think it'd be good. For all right. Us. Well, uh, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate a couple of the reviews that have come in. Like I said, as far as, stuff we've got going on. I've got a uh, oh, trail camera video log coming out this week, uh, or it could be out by the time this goes live. Um, we've got the Kuyu bag video that's out at this point, a full you know, blown review on that. Other than that, we're going to try and kill a turkey here in the next uh, week. I think we got left a season, but uh, other than that, it's, it's, it's kind of, I've got some trail cams out. We got a few things in the works. So Team yep. Harder and Bucks, we're out. See you.